been a long time. I shouldn't have left you, left you without a dope beat to step to. <laughs> What's up, everyone? How you doing? Co-host Des here with the MOP Podcast. Uh, I just want to give a little bit of insight before we launch this episode. So myself and Matt actually recorded this episode sometime last month in September. And, you know, hey, <laughs> life gets to you and you try to figure things out. But we got a really good system right now of someone starting to launch our podcast. So, uh, you know, shout out to him for being able to do that. You know, Matt and I really dove into being really uncomfortable. I, I think one thing that we can all really acknowledge right now is that it is really uncomfortable just to be, whether that be through COVID, uh, what's going on just with conversations. And, and I don't even want to use the term conversations. I mean, I think both Matt and myself would say they are more arguments uh, based off of what's going on in the political uh, atmosphere. Uh, same thing with the racial atmosphere. So, him and I really dove into conversations that we're having with, with our loved ones and, and sometimes not doing it perfectly and what comes up for us. And so this is a real vulnerable situation uh, between myself and Matt where we just talked about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because in the end, if we're trying to, to understand and love and have compassion for one another, we actually have to shut the hell up and do a bit more listening. So we dove into that a lot. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Mad love for you all. Episode 19 coming your way. Peace. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. Yo, what up? Welcome to the Men of Purpose podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Desi Abeda, proud father, husband, dietitian, entrepreneur. Matt Frakes, your other co-host, proud husband, proud father, sports dietitian. And like I like to always say, probably the strongest dietitian in America. <laughs> and this podcast is meant to help future fathers, current fathers, and family members begin to prioritize their lives so they can prioritize the needs of others. So listen up, take those notepads out and tune in to the Men of Purpose podcast. Yo, yo, what is up, everybody? Another episode of Men of Purpose podcast. Co-host Des here. Maddie. what is good, my man? What's going on, man? Things is, things is you know, busy and hectic and crazy, man. But you is know, that, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what is it that is. just life now? Like, I don't, I don't even... I don't. I don't even know. I mean, you're, just, you're showing up yeah. here, and, and when people get to see the the live feed, uh, you got your mask like down below the chin, which means hey, you were just it, conducting business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here in the United States of America, man, you know, we just trying to make things go by by any means necessary. <laughs> I get COVID tested at least twice a week. Yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, my nose is a little bit sore. <laughs> all the swelling. yeah yeah they're they're just reaching up there and just taking your language centers like that's what oh, i hear like with, yeah language centers man <laughs> nostrils are fully cleaned yeah <laughs> i actually just did my because i had a family that was in town so i was like all right yeah i don't do shit outside of being home and then going to a friend's house to swim because like you know my daughter's yeah. poor so it's like yo we got to keep her busy somehow yeah uh, so i just did i just did my first test on wednesday and it already came back as negative and i'm not gonna lie to you man there's a part of me that's like i kind of just want to get this shit over with like i just want to get it <laughs> like, yeah I, you know I, what i mean I, like I, I don't i don't know if that's the right way to feel but like i'm my my wife showed me this uh really great article called caution fatigue from healthline mm -hmm. and i was like you know i feel that like i'm I want to protect others. I want to do the responsible thing. And at the same time, like, ah, fucking done with this. <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly, bro, I think, truth be told, uh, so when I came here for my interview in Louisville, man, 
I was good up until the last day. Last day, I had to fly to Vegas for a CPSDA. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah, the workshop. That, that last yeah. day, I had literally probably, I was feeling awful. I had to drink 12 cups of coffee just so I can get up to, to get moving. And I had to drink yeah. coffee throughout the day just so I can be good. Uh, sleep, couldn't sleep, couldn't breathe, any of that stuff, man. And I had to fake it till I made it because that was a very important <laughs> workshop. So yeah. it was it, it was insane, man. But yeah, I was feeling, I, I was hurting that entire yeah. time. So I think I've already had it from all the travel I had done. And this was back in March. So it's crazy how that timeline, well, I was like, man, you know what? I may have already gotten it, may have already had it. But then I also question, are we at the point now of, are we at herd immunity, you know? Where we've been exposed I mean, so much, other places man. Are. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah. I don't know. Obviously, you have you have the the small few, yeah, that are still contracting it. But I've been, bro. Well, I've been exposed to multiple people that have had to go to quarantine, had to been on contact tracing list, had to go in yeah. quarantine myself, and then had to retest. Me and my family continuously been negative every single time. I've been tested yeah. twelve times already. I've been negative all twelve times. Um, so it's like. I think me and my family may have already been immune. <laughs> well, hey, so, so here's the thing. I mean, here's no, I the thing, though. I shouldn't joke about this because it's serious. But It is very serious. You know. It is very serious. But if you're also looking at it, too, I mean, you can probably talk to 10 people. And I don't know the stats on this. This is just anecdotal research <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> Like eight out of ten people are like, yo, I think I had this already. <laughs> and right. that's just like there's just there's just a lot of unknown, man. And and I I really resonate with that meme and it's literally my favorite one. Like, yo, has anyone tried to unplug 2020 and plug it back in again? Like <laughs> like and I feel that, man. And and this kind of puts us into our our, our big topic for today. I mean, on top of COVID. We're also talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. We're also talk, talking about just even far beyond that, like just being a good human. Uh, yeah. I think that esca- that escapes a lot of people right now. And there's a lot of confusion. And you and I talked a bit off air uh, last week when we were trying to like recalibrate, like, all right, what are the messages? What are some other things? And you brought to the uh, you brought to my attention rather uh, a really great book Um so, Maddie, can you tell us a bit about the book? Like, what prompted you? Because you're the one that prompted me, and and I really want to dive yeah. into a little bit. I'm not done with the book. Uh, I'm more of an audiobook person myself. I can't yeah. sit down, dude. I'm too fucking ADHD, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I need here. to be doing something. Sure. I need to be doing something. So, sitting down and reading is not my thing. Uh, but can you tell us a bit about the book and, and why it was important for you? Because I know you're doing a lot of really great work. Uh, yeah. on the social media side of doing that shit. So, um, yeah, man, can you tell us about that? Yeah, man. Um, so honestly, what prompted, I seen, um, there's a few people that I follow on Twitter um, that brings up supporting evidence behind uh, the messages that we're trying to convey and the points mm-hmm. that's being trying to brought to the table. Um, and then the only way to as obviously communicate and speak about this is to educate yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's across on, on any perspective that's that's brought to light. Regardless. Yeah. So so you want to talk about race was brought in and that's the book title. Um, and it, it was important to me because that was also something that was brought in because I'm also part of the Cardinals SOAR, which this is the Cardinals strategically organizing against racism, which is a part of the um, organization that we have here that we are implementing strategic change and action items to help. 
as far as navigate what's going yeah. on now and these yeah. topics and to educate, you know, and to yeah. implement things uh, across the whole entire athletics um, and for our student athletes as well. So there's a yeah. lot of support with that. So in order for us to do so, though, this is part of one of the books that, you know, was brought to the table as far as like maybe we need to discuss and, 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 and read on this more. Yeah. Um, because all this book is doing is, is bringing one thing that I'm tired of doing is communicating and not effectively communicating points. Um, yeah. So well, this, it dives into a little bit of that too. Yeah. And it, it provided me with, with a great deal of understanding. Granted, I, I was traveling home from Phoenix the other night and I was like, let me pop this in. Oh, there's a huge traffic jam. So like, I was like, I got time. So, yeah. I mean, I only got into the first chapter and like, I had to like take a step back and like process. And I've been processing for about a week now of like, all right, what does this mean for me? And so, yeah, man, I, I think that she talks about something that's really important, uh, which is half the time when you're trying to talk about a race based issue, mm -hmm. you can't even get beyond whether arguing if it's about race or not. And she's like, and yeah. one person ends up just leaving because they're super pissed off. And I was like, holy shit. And we'll, we'll dive into this combo a little bit. Like I felt that this past weekend talking with a friend, I was like, I motherfucker, like I didn't even get a chance to talk about what I want to talk about. Cause we're arguing about whether this is a race issue or not. <laughs> right. Right. And that's the thing that's brought in there too. It's not responding emotionally because yeah. you know how you got upset. Like it's, it's, it's going to piss us off. Yeah. Um, especially, yeah. especially the viewpoints that's done in that scene it's also depending on what side of the spectrum that you're on. Um, you're going to have the, the perspective on only what you was exposed to and yeah. only what was communicated with you from your upbringing. Yeah. You've never been exposed to this. Even the, even us that's on the, the poor end of the tracks of this ordeal. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's, in a, that's in the shitty situations of, of the tracks of this. We still are not educated on and everything entirely. Yeah. Because we don't discuss these things in school, we, and this is all new. Yeah, it's all blown in everybody's faces, and it's continuously discussed uh, more so. At, even that, maybe maybe asking prayer was civil rights. I don't know. I wasn't born in that time, um, yeah. and and I wasn't, and I didn't grow up in that time. And you know, our generation is different. So as far as how much they want to discuss as well too, then theirs and our parents is going to be different too. But yeah, it, it's it's we have not been openly having these dialogues and these conversations to have this and, and we are not provided the proper tools that to actually have supporting knowledge and evidence as far as behind, okay, this is why this is occurring. This is why this is happening. These are the laws that is in there. These are the policies that are in there. This is why every single step is like this. And this is why every single community is feeling like this as yeah. well. And it's, and, and, and one thing that is so that's so that kind of irks my nerves is that because it did not happen in you or you didn't experience it. You didn't see it for yourself. It's hard to believe, or you will not give the, the individuals that's continuously to say these things that benefited of the doubt. Yeah. And I, and so, I think that, I think that right there, Maddie is a spot and I'm not going to speak to, cause I haven't had multiple conversations with multiple white people, but my wife is white and, I, I really admire her because she's doing her research, you know, right. Um, she, she just got done reading a really great book. That's next on my list after I read this, which is white fragility. Like she's doing her work, you know, she's, she's getting different children's books so that we can start to talk to Rory about this stuff too. And I, and I really value it. Um, I recently just had a conversation 
with who I consider a really good friend. And, and it was a really difficult conversation. It lasted three hours. And I don't even think that we really got anywhere because uh, mm-hmm. we were we were literally discussing what just happened recently with um, was it Jacob Blake, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we were discussing that issue. And you know, I hadn't read the chapter yet, but I... It got to a point where it was more so about what he had done beforehand and why it was justified and why, from what I understood from my friend talking about it, like, what would you do if you were a cop that has to go home to kids? Like, you know, and to me, like, just looking at it and looking at some of the information, it's like, you know, the dude lit him up seven times in the back. Like, I don't, does that warrant it? I don't think so. I'm not a cop. Mm -hmm. I've never been in that situation. Uh, What I do know is that to a larger degree, it would be great for these guys to continually get some, some education, some training um, on the mental and emotional health side too. So we were talking a little bit more about that. And I, I left the conversation again after three hours, just feeling so defeated and frustrated. And I didn't lose my cool. And I tried not to like put my foot in the sand, you know, draw a line in the sand and be like, yo, you're either with me or against me type of thing. But it, it was really hard not to. And I think that's mm-hmm. the hard thing about it because it's like if you don't see me and, and and my and my color, I don't know how we can do this. <laughs> like, right? Because it's it's such an important part of who I am, and, and I'm sure you've probably had some really similar conversations with this shit because it's it's hard, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm continuously having conversations about this, man, and all and all spectrums. I feel like, but that's the thing, though, is that. Yeah, we're exhausted and tired, but you have to continue having the conversations because this is also practice for you to have the dialogue. And also when you have these conversations as well as building how to respond and how to control emotionally and to now see more as far as, okay, what do I need to look up as far as when you bring this perspective onto the, to the, on the table. What am I not, what am I not communicating effectively? Some people are choosing to be ignorant, which is fine. But at the yeah. same time, we are not handling that rebuttal and that response of how their choice of being ignorant um, to show them. Yeah. You're choosing to be ignorant, but this is still the facts. And this is still the, this is still stuff on the table. The stuff that most people are getting, they're getting their information and the criteria from the media in itself. The media does a great yeah. job at their jobs, but they're doing a horrible job at realizing the narrative that they're actually portraying consistently. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do because, you know, just kind of diving into the first chapter, I really loved uh, what she had said, which was um, let me break it down for you, just some very simple uh tactics for you to understand he's like whether you are reading this book and you're white person of color whatever this is if a person of color says that it's a race issue then it's a race issue right and the thing that i heard from that was like i think uh, the big task for a lot of us is to really dive deep into our ability to have empathy yeah you don't need to fully understand, but if you are working to be a better human, and that was that was the disconnect for me. I was like, I'm not really sure what you're fighting for right now, because you know he mentioned a couple times, um, this is just white guilt. This is just white guilt, and and at the very basic level, I, I wanted to say like, l- listen, like I'm not asking you to agree with everything, but what I'm asking you to do is to empathize. And I think the other thing that I really enjoyed her talking about in the first chapter was. 
you know, she, she was telling the story and using it as, um, you know, kind of just how to describe it, but it's like, you know, I had a, uh, a very verbally abusive significant other. And when I would tell him about the pattern of behavior, he would take just small instances of it happening and would justify them in specifics. And she's like, what he's missing the point here is that this is a pattern of behavior and concentrating on one time that, you know, she was talking about being called stupid. You're talking about the one time that you're doing that, you're missing the point. And I felt like to a large degree, some of the conversations that I have had, there is question with Jacob Blake with his life beforehand. Um, you know, same thing with, with the others. Right. And it's right there. It's like, you know, like I, I, I understand that you're trying to find understanding behind what's going on, but you're, you're missing the boat because I feel like one of the most important things as human that we can do is to learn about empathy. <laughs> like, right. Right. You don't have to correct it. You have to understand it. You have to like try to put yourself and the person she was in understand like this makes sense and this would be also be hurtful for me which yeah it's <laughs> but bro, it's a frustrating that, thing man <laughs> and that's the thing too man like you also said it man so it, it what's really frustrating is obviously that saying he or she who's without sin may cast a fair stone <laughs> now here's my thing yeah, the fact yeah. that people are always bringing up someone's past, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee yeah. you, they have some shit in their past as well that they yeah. are not entirely, that they are not entirely um, prideful of or yeah. joyful of or decisions that they have made. So the fact that they're even bringing up people's past to justify them being murdered. Yeah. Okay. I get, okay. What have you done? Did yeah. you ever steal some candy? Did you yeah. ever do this, that, and the third? And there's other things, too, that the media are saying that these individuals have done that are maybe the individual has been charged, but it wasn't convicted, for one. Yeah. Maybe also the context of the situation, you're not entirely getting the full picture. You're just seeing as far as may, what someone else is saying that this yeah. was brought out and that yeah. happened there playing the telephone game just so you can feel like you're right in the yeah. argument. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of actually getting everything and even it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about somebody's past at all. Yeah. Cause if that's the case, then shit, kill me now. Yeah. Kill yeah. me now. 100%. So, 100%. <laughs> exactly. Every, yeah. Everyone is a human being and everyone learns from their mistakes. And I yeah. guarantee you, and I guarantee you, yeah, I, everyone has a past, but that doesn't, that doesn't cloud everything that I'm doing right now. Yeah. And that's, that's the frustrating thing because I, I think another thing, and I, and I think in the first chapter, uh, I, she closed with this and it was just like, oh, this, this can't not make sense. But it was like, uh, so, and she was talking to the reader. She's like, to my white readers out there, my white friends out there, if this is still hard for you to stomach, I want you to just real quick see me here. Um, you are basing your life and your disagreement with the person of race who was talking about this because of your experiences. And mm -hmm. because of that, this is what we are also asking you to do as well. So if you will, if, if your experience is clouding your ability to empathize, then on the other side, like we're asking you just the privilege to be able to acknowledge ours as well. Um, yep. Cause they're and, expecting and I, the same thing from us. Yeah, exactly. And, it, I, I remember I, I got home and I, I just felt really defeated. Um, 
yet at the same time, what I also thought was a win was like towards the end of our conversation, him saying like, you know what, like show me the books that you're talking about. I'm willing to read them. And I feel like that to me is a win because it's like, yeah. all right, we didn't, we didn't end up in blows. Like I, I, I never would have done that anyway, but <laughs> having talked, you know, I got like 70 brothers, but having talked to them, they're like, Oh dude, I'm swinging. I don't even care. I don't even oh care. Dude, you're, you're, you're catching one. Um, but I, yeah, at the same time. And I, I think that's another thing that we have to continue to acknowledge is you have to have these conversations and they have to be done in a safe way, regardless of what side you're on. Yeah. And I think that gets lost in, in a lot of, of what's happening. And my hope is for our listeners right now and those who are going to watch the, the video a little bit later on YouTube, um, I, I hope you're willing to have the courage to s- step into that battle, yeah. to, to, s- to step in the arena and to be vulnerable and, and to just be there. Because um, not everyone's going to be on the same page as you. And I, I think having witnessed that cur- uh, recently, uh, it's just, it's a fucking hard thing to do. Yeah, man. Uh, other thing is like, um, everyone is just not really comfortable with being uncomfortable, having those uncomfortable conversations, but also they, maybe some people are just nervous that they don't want to be labeled as racist. At yeah. that. And here's the yeah. thing too, that we also got to do a better job on our end. Like mm-hmm. shit, some yeah. things they just don't know. They just yeah. don't know. And not the place to label. That's just like saying, instead of saying someone, um, is diabetic they have diabetes instead of yeah labeling yeah, them yeah. as the condition you are providing okay what is an action or what is that criteria fitting in of that communication yeah. piece that you're describing that you're stating right now yeah so you're maybe they just because they're products of the system we're all products of the system we're all products of the economic structure of america united mm-hmm. states of america we're all products of it but at the end of the day, instead of labeling that person as because if they don't know and they're just trying to have a conversation about this or to try to make their statement. Like, bro, don't call them racist. Like you do realize that what you're saying fits as a racist statement because of this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's another thing too, is really being cognizant of calling out the behavior versus calling the person. Exactly. Ex, you know, and, and I think, uh, again, I'm going back to this conversation because I, I think that it was a really tough one. And at the same time, like there are times and like, he's a good friend. There are times that I was just like, Oh my God, dude, like, how are you not understanding? Like fucking a, and we were both getting frustrated. And then we just like kind of take a couple deep breaths, like, watch some football, kind of just chill again, and then like go back into the convo. Um, But I think that a lot of us, as we have these conversations, we have to be really good about separating behavior and, and those opinions versus like labeling the person, because even on our, on our, on our end too, like, I don't know what I look like to a white male or female. I don't know what types of things come up in their heads. I knew early on when I got my sleeve that people were like, you know, most of our white mentors, uh, we talked about this in the past episode. A lot yeah. of them were like, yeah, you need to cover that. I don't, I'm not sure how far you're going right. to go in the field. And right. I already had in my head, like, 
bitch, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to be calling the shots. Okay. Founder, CE, motherfucking. Oh, like that's me. <laughs> like I knew that excuse a long time ago. Yeah. Excuse our language. You know, this, we have an explicit sticker, whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, I think that it's, it, I, I don't, because I don't know what that looks like. I just can yeah. speculate based off of body language, things that were said to me, especially early, early on in my career by a lot of our, our white mentors. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it, it's an uncomfortable time to have uncomfortable conversations. And I can acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. But that's, man, that's also, I keep bringing this up, man, but this is why I, I, I'm in favor of this generation that we're living with right now, because mm -hmm. literally these young voices, like they're, they're having the tenacity and they yeah, are I love them, man. And, I love them. And they're and they're not playing. Like they're not playing with nothing. Like if they're gonna call a spade a spade. Yeah, I love it. They're, like they're like they're having that that rare, that consistent rare characteristic that my dad had just an entire generation happening. Yeah. So that's so what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I I love it. I but love it. But but that's the thing though. <laughs> they're even more they're even more woke. They're I mean, I have yeah. two siblings that are part of that generation right now. And like, I, I respect so much about them because they're taking what they have learned through generations and then are just yep. like, listen, like we're going to be activists. We're going to say what we need to say. And, uh, I don't give a shit, right. but we're going to be, we're going to be apologetic, uh, right. unapologetic it is, it is, too. Like and it it's like, it yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and I respect that, man. I, I, I absolutely do because I think having grown up, like you, get to a point where you learn how to be woke about what's, what's happening and, and how to voice that opinion. Uh, it's a little bit different for me, but even in your case, like you probably have to be a bit more PC with who you represent yep. in your job. Yep. Very conservative. I got to be very conservative. Yeah. I have to be very selective on things that I say, but, but at this point in time, even though I feel like I have to be selective, I'm getting a lot better at, what I need to say, how I say it to make that make that same point. Yeah. So it's it's still just like when I joined the diversity and inclusion committee for CPSDA. Yeah. When I joined Cardinal Sewer, like having these actionable things, um, still stating what needs to be said, but understanding maybe how this individual thinks and put it in a way to make them understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And not have that portrait as he's aggressive, because now I, I what I personally what I personally feel is that the fact that because I've proven myself academically, the stature that I'm at right now and also where I have proven myself to do professionally. No matter what I've done in the past and no matter who I was in the past, like I, I'm respected in both fashions, I'm respected. I can be respected from person down the street in the hood and I can be respected mm -hmm. to this person right now I need to I need to speak with and get yeah. them to understand rather they are in the elite level or rather they are they never knew anything as far as what we're trying to discuss until now or yeah. aware until now and they have their point of view because they weren't exposed to it yeah but now they have to listen because of how the communication is brought to them Yep. In a way that they can understand this. And now it's like, well, he's not really coming off as aggressive. Damn. I try to get him to come aggressive. Yeah. And come and come as that stereotype. Yeah. 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 But damn. Yeah. It's yeah, man. It, it's, you know, even right now. So today, 
Cam watches that. Hold on. So September 4th, yep. uh, b- big news in the sports world that hit yesterday, which I'm excited about, man. Like Steve Nash is one of my favorite point guards in, in forever. I mean, he was a Phoenix son. To me, he can do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, but no coaching experience, you know, ended up getting that job with the Nets with Kyrie and KD. And, you know, you got, you got Stephen A. Smith that was just like, you know, I don't give a damn white privilege and he just said that this morning on first take and i'm like you know i i don't think that he's wrong i i and so i started listening to a little bit more of like the new morning show which like i love jay will so i'm gonna support him like mm-hmm. i know they're trying to find their bearings with Keyshawn, jay will and zubin um but he he was talking about that and they were saying like you know it would be great if the GM and the owners were a bit more transparent about who they did interview because there's exactly. other, there's five other black coaches out there who have already been in the system. Sam Cassell is one of them, obviously. Um, Alvin Gentry, who's an old Suns coach, I really loved him. Um, uh, so Ty Lu, like there, there, there are two others that I'm that they're escaping my mind right. Oh, like Mark Jackson, um, but there's people out there that that can do it. Yet at the same time, it's like, as this does happen, it's, do we acknowledge it? Do we talk about it? Um, yeah. We yeah. need to. And I'm glad yeah. ESPN kind of took that where they're like, oh, yeah. right, well, well, what is this? And most, yeah, most of everyone that has a mic in front of them are like, yeah, it, it, it is. It's a little yeah, bit of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't see any criteria or proven things that he has done. As far mm-hmm. as coaching wise, as a player, yeah, and player. he might here's a, he might be an amazing coach. He was amazing floor general as a point guard. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and right. and he didn't need any prior experience, right? I, and this shows I, you though we're starting to make experiences based on fame, yeah, yeah, stature, aka you know who I'm going with with this, <laughs> our current leader, yeah, that's. Qualifications uh, is everything. The fact that we're not choosing things based on accurate qualifications and yeah. proven history of, you know, there, it's one thing to, you know, get your foot in the door. Yeah. But you know where you're supposed to get your foot in the door at to get those chances. Yeah. The problem is if you get your foot in the door at the upper echelon of a certain level, in a position and you have mm-hmm. nothing to get you prepared for that in that leadership role, like, come on, man, that's a showing yeah. failure, setting you up for failure, but people don't take that pride. They don't want to have that. Say, I'm not ready. Hold yeah. on. More power to you. Yes. You accepted it. I, I would power. rather. Yeah. I would but, rather it yeah. be about that. Like I'm not ready. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a whole lot more something that I can get behind and can empathize with. You know, we're talking about empathy here. I don't do it perfectly all the time. I stick my foot in my mouth all the damn time. Right. <laughs> I'm like a, a B plus husband right now. I stick my foot in my mouth all the damn time. <laughs> and at the same time, it's like, that's what this is about. So if someone's not ready, I think the thing that I struggle with is like digging your heels in and like wanting to be on the right side of the conversation. And it's like Mm -hmm. that I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get over on you. If we're talking about something that I perceive as a race issue, I'm having a discussion and and testing out, like, do you see me? Do you accept me? Do And by default, the way that I equate that is like, do you authentically love me? Like that, that's, that's what this is about. And I think, when it lacks the human issue and the human response of empathy, it's like, you know, like it's not even that your morals are in question for me. It's like, 
it's it's your love of of people which yep. to me is, is a is a big value that i'm like yo you you gotta have this out the womb <laughs> yep. if you don't like you, this is a teaching issue you didn't yep. have parents or an environment that helped you to understand that and Yep. And that's the thing that scares me. That's the thing that I'm constantly like, all right, cool. If I, if I fuck everything up as a father, I'm going to make sure my daughter loves people. Um, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing too. You, and, and that's our problem as well. Like our, the parents that are raising children, you want to, to ensure that you are raising your child to be better than what you were. Yeah. Than who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like in common that although there's questionable things, still parents did, our, did their best, but they also did everything based on learning from their mistakes. And what are they now going to teach their children to be better individuals? Because if that was not the case, we would not be in better situations than what our parents was. Yeah. And that and that's. That's the difficulty too. You know, I, I've had really great conversations with my parents about some of their pitfalls and some of the really great aspects of, of both of them. True. And I think the thing that I really respect about it is there is a great deal of ownership between some of what they perceived as their pitfalls and maybe some of the pitfalls that we discussed. And I think it, it is we're talking about generations, like it is our responsibility as a generation, the next generation, to hold our past generations accountable. Like you can't just get by because you didn't have the resources available. Like, no, like there's a lot now that you have some awareness, now that you're woke, <laughs> go see a therapist. You need to be active. Like you need to take care of yourself. Now that you have this information, you got to do something about it. Otherwise you're choosing to be neglectful of it. And to me, like that's the thing that I struggle with. Yeah, having that open dialogue with your children and seeing what you need to correct. I think about I love who my mom and dad, man, like they they knew their flaws, but they also when they did not, they <laughs> when we became adults and everything too, like they was able to have those open dialogue and those open conversations with that stuff yeah. too. Like times are yeah. different, son, but you know, you got a point, man. You got a point. You got a yeah. point. Yeah. Very open to changing things, very open. Mm-hmm. And as you've seen, they and, and, and we're still going to grow and we're still going to mature, too. Yeah. As our children get older, we're still going to mature regardless. Well, at least yeah. that's what we're supposed to mentally, we're, not just physically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're, we're supposed to be progressive. <laughs> that's, and no matter when. Yeah, that's 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 the thing too, and and I think a lot of that has a great deal to do with some ownership, mm-hmm. um, and that was another separation too that I I couldn't quite um, articulate in a way that he understood, um, but that's something I see across the board where it's like you know I'm what I'm asking you to do is to take ownership of some of the things and some of the ways in which you think. Yeah, I'm not asking to I'm not asking you to feel shame about. That's your responsibility because if you aim about it, then it's something to do searching with, and that's okay. We all have felt and feel shame, um, but also recognizing and providing yourself with a bit of empathy. I mean, I've mentioned Brené Brown's damn podcast every single episode because I just believe so truly in her take on the only antidote to shame is empathy, and the only the three things that shame needs to continually grow. And cripple someone is silence, judgment, and secrecy. 
mm-hmm. and having these conversations helps to bring about the and having these conversations helps to bring about more ending um i'm not asking you to agree with everything that i say because just like you said a couple minutes ago like some of these are helping me to like all right some more research in that area i had no idea about that. there are statistics that are being thrown out there on the side of um you know white people getting killed by cops i know nothing about okay i, I don't know anything about it but it is my responsibility to do that research and to try to empathize also with what's going on because if i'm asking someone to empathize with me being a person of color and also saying like hey this is a race issue like i should be also be willing to be uncomfortable to do the same thing true very true very yeah. true man let's 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 leave it right there bro so, <laughs> mic drop i'll see you guys later <laughs> let's, let's leave that right there bro. Right there. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah leave it right there man that's yeah let's leave it right there yeah well i i think that this is an ongoing conversation and this yeah. and this won't stop i think the thing that i feel really good about matt between you and myself and between our message with the the men of purpose podcast is talking about this shit is Mm -hmm. letting a lot of our listeners out there who are men and even just family members who want their men to listen to this podcast. uh, It's about not doing this in silence, about not doing this in isolation, but just getting this out there and and getting that out. And I think our, our, our big goal for today is, is to, is to promote that is to, is to be courageous because none of this shit is easy. My God, none of it. Right. Right. And you don't have to do it by yourself, you know? Yeah. There's, there's, there's resources and you just have to ask the questions as far as to see, okay, what else can I look into Mm -hmm. uh, to equip yourself with the knowledge you need to have an effective conversation like what we're doing. Yes. We're continuing to do so because we're still learning, still trying to get the accurate information too. Even Mm -hmm. when it comes to differentiating this, the statistics that's out there with everything as well. Uh, because again, there's ways that things are described to paint a certain narrative that we also need to be able to get that information, grasp it, mm-hmm. line up everything to see what also is in relation with that and then make yep. an effective decision. So, yeah. And, and that's what that's about. Yep. Well, I appreciate y'all listening right now. Uh, for those that are listening, thank you so much for being day ones. Your guys continued support means the world. Uh, if you have someone that you think would uh, really get value from from what we're saying here, please make sure that you share it uh, on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, if you are a fan of this, make sure that you are liking, subscribing, subscribing rather, and, and dropping a comment just so that we can give you a little bit of daps either on air or just also uh, communicating with, with our fans out there. So uh, for myself and Matt, welcome to another episode of Men on Purpose. This is an ongoing conversation. Everybody be great this week. Peace. Peace.